Welcome to the All of Christ for All of Life podcast, where we equip men and women to be faithful in every aspect of life. This week, you will hear the 2017 Commencement Address at New St. Andrews from Joe Rigney. The All of Christ for All of Life vision absolutely applies to, you guessed it, all of life, and that includes higher education. If you or someone you know is looking for an open campus this fall, look no further than New St. Andrews College. Riots, masks, feminist interpretations of Shakespeare, and the spirit of unbelief in higher education is by now very passe. Apply to New St. Andrews at nsa.edu slash fall2020. Come build and fight at New St. Andrews College in person this fall. We're very honored uh, to welcome Joe Rigney uh, as our speaker this evening. Joe serves as Assistant Professor of Theology and Literature at Bethlehem College and Seminary. He oversees the History of Ideas program, an undergraduate major that focuses on the great books and the greatest book. He is the author of two books, Live Like a Narnian, Christian Discipleship, and Lewis's Chronicles, uh, published by Eisen Penn in 2013 as well as The Things of Earth, Treasuring God by Enjoying His Gifts, published by Crossway, 2015. Joe is also a pastor at Cities Church in Minneapolis. After completing a BA in speech communication from Texas A&M University, Joe and his wife Jenny moved to Minneapolis in 2005 to participate in Bethlehem's vocational eldership training program. He has an MA in Biblical and Pastoral Studies from Bethlehem College and Seminary, and an MST in Classical Christian Studies from New St. Andrews College, and is currently working on a PhD from Union School of Theology. When he's not teaching or reading, Joe loves to play baseball with his two sons and spend time with his lovely wife, Jenny. Please welcome Mr. Joe Rigney. It is a privilege to, to be here. Graduates, family and friends, as an alumni and friend of this institution, I want to offer my deepest congratulations on finishing this portion of the course of life. Making it this far is no small feat. Your presence here is a testament both to the grace of God and to your hard work, and for some of you, to the kindness and generosity of your professors. <laughs> as I understand it, it's customary, and this is a little awkward, it's customary, to, uh, for the speaker to offer an exhortation to the graduates, but they're behind me. So I'm going to pretend that Luke and Arnie are the graduates, and I'm going to exhort them as though they had mirrors, which will then ricochet backward and hit the graduates. A natural choice for this exhortation would be to extol the value of a liberal arts education for life. But you've been studying here in the mecca of Christian liberal arts. I know your professors. I count many of them as my friends. I'll let you guess which ones I'm excluding. <laughs> but you've read Shakespeare with Greaser. You've studied Augustine with Apple. You've learned Latin with Griffith. You've been quid-ested and quid-augeted until you dream in Latin stick figures. <laughs> Dr. McIntosh has introduced you to some of the greatest thinkers in history. Men like Anselm and Anselm, and Anselm, and Aquinas, but really Anselm. 
Before you came here, you did not know that it was possible for anyone to be as excited about Herodotus, William of Malmesbury, and medieval prognosmata as Professor Select is. Some of you uh, men have tried to get a girlfriend by using those Anglo-Saxon pickup lines that Dr. Merkel is always teaching students. <laughs> hey girl, do you Ophermaode? Weird. You've sung psalms with Herb, you've read the Gospels with Edwards, and seen the glories of mathematics with Stokes, though the first time you walked into his class, you did wonder if he was going to teach physics by bench-pressing you. <laughs> you learned mimetic desire from a Wilson, creative writing from a Wilson, and the mating habits of the Western rattlesnake from a Wilson. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson, and Wilson. It sounds like a law firm. Or in case any of our truly reformed brethren are listening in, it's really a law and gospel firm. <laughs> no, if after spending four years or more in here in Moscow, you still don't know the value of a liberal arts education, then as that famous sage Rooster Cogburn once said, I can do nothing for you, son. Which incidentally is also what Professor Escalante told some of you after your rhetoric final. Just kind of imagine Escalante with like an eye patch and the stash. Like freshmen would never come back. They would just come and then they'd be gone. So though extolling the Christian liberal arts would have some value for this address, I've chosen to offer an exhortation not from the great books, but from the greatest book. And so to that end, my exhortation to you is very, very simple. It comes from the book of James and it's this. Do the word. Or as James says, be a doer of the word. Here's the full passage. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So here James contrasts doing the word with being a mere hearer. Hearing without doing is like looking at your face in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. So hearing is looking in the mirror and not doing is walking away and forgetting. So simply hearing the word is not the same as obeying the word. If all you do is hear but you never do, you're kidding yourself. You're being deceived. There must be something more. Well, what's this more that we must do? In the passage, it's looking in the right mirror, mirror and doing what you see. What is the mirror? The mirror is the law of liberty, what he earlier calls the word of truth by which we're born again, the implanted word which is able to save our souls, which he later calls the royal law of liberty. In other words, the mirror that we should look carefully into is the Holy Scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, understood in the light of the gospel of King Jesus. That's the word that we are to do. We are after a gospel doing. Now, what does that mean? The gospel doer looks into the mirror of the royal law. The gospel doer sees himself reflected in the living and abiding word of God. And doing the word, or what I'm calling gospel doing, means that you look to Jesus and to yourself in Jesus for the strength and supply for all of your deeds all of your life. You have been raised with Christ. 
You are seated with him in the heavenlies. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And one day when he appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Your true self, the fullness of who and what God designed you to be, will be revealed and made manifest on that day. But for now it's hidden, and so you must look to the book. Gospel doing means you see yourself in the royal law and you live into that vision. You look into the mirror and you don't walk away and forget. You persevere in that vision. You do what you see. And this is more than just moral exemplarism. It's not simply a matter of what would Jesus do. It's what would I do if I was full of Jesus? C.S. Lewis calls this good pretending. Bad pretending is hypocrisy. It's when we pretend to be something that we're not. Our pretense, our fakery, is a substitute for reality. Good pretending is when the pretense leads up to reality, when the pretending is the on-ramp to reality. It's what children do when they pretend to be grown up in order that they can grow up, and it's what Christians do in our pilgrim condition when we're told, do the word. Practically speaking, it works like this. Imagine what you'd be like if you really did experience deep gospel renewal. If you really believed that the living God was for you and that he would meet all of your needs and that you didn't need to use people to get what you want because you know that God accepts you and approves you and embraces you and so you overflow with his kind of love. If you can imagine that version of yourself, the one that is free and happy and stable and full of love, imagine that one. Now take that imaginary you and put him in the situations that you face in your life. What would the imaginary gospel you do? If you really did love God deeply from the heart, if you really did love your neighbor sincerely, what would you do? When you have the answer, ask for God's help, and then go and do it. Even if you suspect that in that moment your motives are somewhat mixed. In other words, do the deeds of love even when some of the substance is lacking. Live into the vision of who God has called you to be. Don't wait for your motives to be fully pure. They never will be. Instead, repent of the impure ones, your sinful preferences, your spiritual apathy. Look at yourself in the mirror of the gospel, that liberating law of King Jesus. See what you are in light of the good news. Now don't walk away and forget. Remember, persevere in that vision. Walk away and do what you saw, even if you don't feel what you saw. And James says, if you do that, you will be blessed in your doing. That's what I mean by do the word. For the rest of your life, graduates, be a doer, a gospel doer of the word. Now that's still, I think, somewhat abstract. And as any mason will tell you, concrete makes a sure foundation. And that's a pun. So in the remainder of my time, I want to describe a handful of situations that all of you may face and some of you will undoubtedly face. Some of you are going to be unbelievably successful, beyond your wildest dreams. Everything you touch will turn to gold. Your family will flourish, your ministry will be fruitful, your church will grow, your job will be fulfilling and meaningful, and your hearth and home will be happy. When that happens, you will be tempted to boast. You will be tempted to lord it over those less fortunate than you. You may flaunt it overtly, or you may find subtle Christian ways to remind everyone of your success and your fruitfulness. Instead of looking into the mirror of the royal law, you will collect mirrors, other people. 
You will turn other people into mirrors of your own glory. You will build a kingdom for yourself built on the praise of others or the admiration of others or the envy of others. You will derive a twisted sense of pleasure in provoking people to want your life and a subtle sense of satisfaction that they can't have it. So, when God forces you to face fruitfulness and success, do the word. Look into the royal law of liberty and ask yourself, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast as though you did it yourself? Remember that life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions, nor in the wealth of your accomplishments. Remember that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom, and that there are more, more kinds of wealth than money. Remember that Paul treats facing plenty and abundance as a challenge, as something that's difficult, because it's easy to say, I can do all things through wealth that strengthens me. It's hard to be fruitful and successful in such a way that shows that your fruitfulness and success comes from Christ and not from you. That's hard. It's impossible. The only way you can do it is if you do the word. So look into the mirror. Look upon yourself with sober judgment. Remember what defines you by the grace of God. By the grace of God alone, I am what I am. Remember that no matter how fruitful you are, you are really only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all. And thank goodness. Some of you, however, are not going to succeed. You're going to fail miserably. Your dreams are not going to come true. You are going to watch other people surpass you in every way. Your friend is going to get the job. Your rival is going to get the promotion. Someone else will get that golden opportunity. You'll watch your friends get married and feel the ache of being left out. Or you'll get married and watch your friends have children and feel the ache of being left out. You'll go into ministry and watch a neighboring church flourish while yours languishes. Someone else's platform is going to be raised and your neck will hurt from looking up there so often. And when that happens, do the word. Don't allow their success to be your stumbling block. Don't receive their blessings as a personal wound. Resist the poison of envy and rivalry. Put to death every vestige of malice and bitterness. Look into the royal law of liberty and remember that God's kindness knows no bounds. This is not a zero-sum game in which more for them means less for you. It will take an eternity for God to pour out all of his blessings upon us, and he will never run out. So bless God for the blessings of others. That imaginary gospel you in the mirror of God's word, that guy rejoices in the fruitfulness and success and blessing of others. He loves it when they succeed. He revels in God's grace upon other people, especially those who succeed in things that you care about. The gospel you overflows with gratitude for other people's gifts. So see yourself in the light of God's glad-hearted embrace of you in Christ and do the word when others succeed. Finally, all of you will face trials in your life. 
Some of you are going to face horrific trials in your life. You're going to lose your job. You're going to grow depressed. You're going to get a tumor in your auditory canal. And you're going to stare death in the face. And you're going to look your kids in the eyes on the way into surgery and know that they may spend the rest of their lives fatherless. That happens. Or it's going to be your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter on that hospital bed and you know that this might be it. And sometimes they don't wake up. Some of you will watch dementia slowly and cruelly stalk your father until he wastes away. Cancer will take mom three months before the first grandbaby arrives. Or the icy road is going to steal your best friend or your younger sister. Or the joy of birth will turn to horror when the baby's stillborn. You are going to face trials of various kinds. When you do, do the word. Look into the perfect law of liberty and see the empty tomb and the living hope and count it all joy. And then cry your eyes out. Because it hurts just as much as it's worth. It hurts just as much as he's worth, as much as she's worth. Look into the mirror of the word and see Job sitting in ashes for days. And do the word. And see the psalmist crying out, why God, why? And do the word. And see Jesus weeping at the tomb of his friend five minutes before he ordered death to release him. And do the word. Doing the word in the face of trials is not stoicism. It feels deeply about the pain and sorrow of reality. It's sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. It's grieving and lamenting and aching, but not without hope. It's knowing deep in your bones that Jesus meant it when he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Time fails me to speak of other situations. When you face an uncertain future and anxiety bubbles up from your heart, do the word. Know that the cross that God is calling you to bear now is the cross of not knowing the future. When you sin grievously, do the word and confess your transgressions quickly and sincerely. When you're sinned against, do the word and extend the same forgiveness that you've received from Christ. When you face opposition and hostility in the world because you refuse to live in the world's fantasies, do the word without shrillness, without malice, but with joy, humility, and compassion for the broken and the hurting. Class of 2017, as long as you have breath, look into the mirror of the gospel and do the word. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the All of Christ for All of Life podcast.
That was the New St. Andrews commencement speech from 2017 by Joe Rigney. I want to encourage you to share this episode with families and friends, especially with those who are looking at what to do next for higher education. Don't forget, you can apply to New St. Andrews at nsa.edu slash fall 2020. Come build and fight at New St. Andrews College, in person, this fall.